Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Black and Empowered Podcast. I am so happy to be introducing this episode to you all today. This episode is near and dear to my heart. I am still freaking out. It is months later, and I am just so excited to have been able to share some space, to share some time with two women who have been friends in my head for years and years. They are Antoinette and Shanti from Around the Way Curls. They are two Black women who are Philly-bred best friends. They talk about adulting. They talk about relationships, parenting, growing up. They talk about social justice issues, racial identity. They talk about gender and they really have a profound way of engaging the audience on um, an evidence base in terms of its relation to real world experiences, social media, current events, and I am just so impressed by these women. Also, they release episodes twice a week. They're on Patreon. They have visual content. They literally are, when I say friends in my head, I also look up to them, right? So I um, have been working with a coach, Sheena Howard of Power Your Research around ways to amplify my work the research that I do um, in terms of mental health, uh, overall wellness, racial identity and socialization and Black parenting. And we've been having conversations about ways to get my work out there, get my face and my voice out there to amplify the reach of the impact that I want to have on Black youth and families. And one of the ways that she has been challenging me to do this is to put myself out there to reach out to people in the field who are doing work that I look up to and that I align with. And Antoinette and Shanti were the very first people that I contacted. I also have been working with an assistant who's like a friend of the family of mine who is super professional. And she sent them an email basically saying, you know, I represent Dr. Metzger and she's really interested in your podcast content. This is what she's an expert on. Do you want to have a conversation with her? And... To my surprise and beyond my wildest dreams, they wrote back and said yes. So what you all are about to hear is that episode. It took me, you know, about a month to work up the courage to personally ask them to allow us to re-release this episode because, right, they have thousands and thousands of listeners and we have about 12. So um, (laughs) I'm so happy that they were so gracious to uh, welcome me to extend an invitation that I asked them to extend and to join in on this, what I think is a really important conversation around parenting the anxious kid and parenting while you are dealing with anxiety as well. 
So please, please, please stay tuned for this episode as well as many more that are forthcoming. Like I said, now that I am, you know, facing my fears, doing things even while I am afraid and really changing, growing, blooming. You guys see there's a new background here. More to come on that later. Stay tuned, guys, please. Also, I'm learning to ask for what I want. If you are listening to this, if you have been following, please like this podcast. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts, just like it, just rate us. Uh, If you don't like it, leave that in the comments, but just give us the five stars because I need that, right? Give me the comment about what you want me to do better. And I promise you, we're going to do it better. Give me a comment about any segments that you want to see, but otherwise, please, please, please stay tuned for this episode on parenting the anxious child with around the way curls. I am so excited to have spoken with Shanti about some challenges that she's having, some questions that she has about parenting and really adjusting to schooling during this ongoing pandemic. So I'm going to start ranting. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Here's the episode, guys. Around the way curls repost. Do it a little faster. Uh, you still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And we are Around, Around the, the Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences, aka tell all our business, and explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. And so we are back to our topic. Although Antoinette was with us in the beginning. I am going to handle this by myself. Our sweet baby girl needs some rest, so we're going to give her some rest. I'm here with Aisha Metzger. She is here to talk with us about anxious parenting, parenting anxious anxious children. Um, She is a licensed clinical psychologist, professor, researcher, and recognized expert in focused cognitive behavioral therapy and empowering black youth, emerging adults, and families who experience stressors, including physical and sexual abuse, neglect, racial discrimination, gun violence, and mass shootings, relationship problems, family conflict, and school and job difficulties. That is quite the title, Quite the receipts, <laughs> quite the responsibility, quite the expertise. On, I'm there. really excited to talk with you. Everybody, I just shot her shot. <laughs> She's one of the guests that was like, I want to come on the show. We friends in my head. Let's kiki together. No pun intended. And yes. sent over a really um, professional but lovely email and I was like yes she got the receipts she got the energy and we we need these type of guests and we need to have these conversations because lord knows Antoinette and I just we are limited (laughs) in our ability and we need somebody with some some letters behind their names to be like actually oh lord my damn light is um 
acting a fool. Come on now. And you know what, Santi? You are so cat because after we talked the first time, I know at the very end I said, listen, I catfished y'all. That was totally my <laughs> cousin who was acting as my assistant. And Like I and say, my, don't let people know the back of the house, okay? <laughs> it was You had your assistant come what? and check us out. I said, oh my goodness. Well, I gotta, I, let me make sure I come correct for Miss Aisha. <laughs> I love it so much. Thank you so much for responding and for having me and for allowing the opportunity to share this space with you. I really appreciate it. I'm, it really came at a time. It's timely to be completely honest. Um, you and I spoke before we recorded this to just kind of like flesh out what we were going to talk about. And yeah. I mean, we always talk about mental health problems we always dealing with something but i i was searching for like what exactly are we going to sink our teeth into yeah and so i'm a mother yeah. and my baby girls i was homeschooling for 2 years and now she's back in school and we have been doing homework together like homework is a timely thing as the year progresses the uh I can't. I'm sorry, y'all. Antoinette would be so upset with me. This damn light. Uh, um, You're glowing. You're glowing. I know, but this is, it has to like, I have a charger in it and everything and it's not staying. But um, what I've been experiencing and seeing in her is something that I don't have a, um, I don't have the skill set for. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um like I said, homework is progressing. So she has all these different subjects. She has tests coming up. And she was living her, she's in um, sixth grade. She was living her free black life two years ago. Homework, writing, what? She was was playing in dirt, free. And now she's like, you know, um, learning how to manage the expectations of her teacher. And she's watching other students who are, have been in practice of doing homework and like this academic rigor. And so we come home and panic sets in. I, you know, she's like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta study this. I, I, you know, I, I gotta write a paragraph. And so like, there's this struggle around writing this paragraph. There's this expectation of perfection that I see Mm. growing in her. There's this fear of, what her teacher, how her teacher is going to respond. And then there's this esteem thing that I see building inside of her. And I see her becoming anxious. And I see my anxiety growing around it. One, in her her response to the anxiety, and then also me feeling the same pressure of like, she has to keep up with these grades. She has to learn how to study. She has to, you know, she's in school now. Seventh grade is an important year for high school. Right. So it made me really excited to sit down with you and kind of talk around both what it is to identify anxiety in your child yeah. and then what it is to manage your own anxiety as a parent. And you are a, uh, you deal with cognitive behavior and internet talked and I talked about it before I, I, um, we did an episode and I, I, we talked about how anxiety is increasing in 
kids in the population like exponentially since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 27%, it has increased 27% since the pandemic and um, folks are not necessarily knowing what to do around it. You know, like the diagnoses for medication is not necessarily working. And so they did talk about this cognitive therapy. So can you talk to us a little bit about what this mode of how cognitive therapy differs from the other types of therapies? Even um, pharmacological therapy, right? So I think that it's really important to first think about, right, what's the difference between someone who's just, you know, experiencing anxiety around a particular issue, right? So is your kiddo getting anxious only when it's homework time and only as it relates to school, or is she more globally, you know, kind of worried and anxious, Um, So my first question would be, is it something that you can manage around, you know, changing her cognitions, her thoughts and her behaviors around, Mm -hmm. you know, homework and schooling? Or is it something that's more global that um, that you're noticing? And it sounds like it's not. And in that case, medication really wouldn't even be effective. Um, so I think the first thing that we try to do is just look for signs and, and we call them symptoms, but it's really just signs. So what do you see? So when you say she um, starts to prepare to do her homework and then panic sets in. So my question is, what does panic look like for her? Is it physical? Is it her heart rate? Is she crying or is it headaches and tummy aches or mm. is it actual difficulty concentrating and saying, okay, where do I start this assignment? What is a paragraph? How do I construct Mm -hmm. a paragraph? Are you having to Mm -hmm. break down subjects and slow down her pace, right, around the anxiety? Or is it manifesting, like you're saying, in her physical reactions? Um, So cognitive is more around... um, the behaviors of of a specific diagnosis, if you will. Let's just, let's use exa- uh, example anxiety as the example. Yeah. So it's less around like, it's treating it it's, with behavior versus any other, I see. Yeah, so we, so our job is to make a connection between your behaviors, your thoughts, and your feelings. So we know mm. that what you're doing, so how you're expressing your anxiety, whether that be being scattered or just withdrawing completely and saying, you know, much this is too much, I'm overwhelmed. Um, it's, the feelings that are connected with that. So um, shame around, I should be able to better manage this Mm. fear around what are the social consequences of this, right? Next year, there's going to be a lot more pressure on me. You can start to allow those worries to be thought driven. So if you make the connection between, okay, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling anxious, but it's related to these thoughts that I'm having. It sounds like even you as a caregiver have these thoughts about, you know, what are upcoming stressors that might be associated with this and what are the future stressors that might be associated with either her ability to manage or Mm -hmm. um, if you're thinking that she might be falling behind as well. So it's really identifying those thoughts that are causing that anxiety and then challenging them with reality. So what we know is that, right, these fears are based on future projections that oftentimes don't even come true. So it's just a matter of identifying those thoughts. So what are, what's worrying you? It sounds like the seventh grade might be worrying you. It sounds like 
your teacher's expectations might be worrying you. So slowing down and identifying those thoughts and then being able to challenge them one by one is what gets rid of that kind of overwhelming feeling, right? Because you're having these thoughts that are rushing and then it causes you to feel anxious and your heart starts to race. Your kiddo might say, my tummy hurts or Mm. I don't feel good. That's not feeling good. Those are emotions that are being stored in our body. So the more we're able to make that connection between what we're feeling and if I'm feeling overwhelmed, now it's making me scattered and I'm not able to concentrate or it's making me want to just withdraw completely, then we're able to attack. And okay, if you're feeling scattered, how can we make you feel more organized? How can we take this assignment one step at a time? If you're feeling like avoiding, how can we encourage you to approach again in a more manageable way? Jolie is, I think, a very uh, emotionally intelligent child. So like having this conversation, helping her to notice her own emotions feels like something that's achievable. But let's talk about how parents who have younger children um, or who have children that may not have that, the parents may not even have that. They may just be sensing something, but they don't have the language around it. Can you talk about what the identifiers of anxiety are in your child from as little as like how old is a child? Like when do you, do you look at a two year old and be like, wow, this, this kid might be having anxiety. When is, yeah. when do these diagnoses so, happen? So typically as long as a kid is able to understand the difference between current and the future, they can have anxiety. So that's just a fear mm. around the unknown, right? So mm. if you have a kid who's going to school tomorrow, they can start worrying about that if they know that tomorrow is coming. Um, mm. And how do you identify that in a kid? That's really important. So like you said, you you know that JoJo, right, is emotionally aware. So you're able to pick up on that. But if a, a younger kid doesn't know that what they're feeling is anxiety, they might just say, you know, my tummy hurts or my mm. head hurts. So these wow. physical complaints or, again, these behavioral avoidances of I don't want to go to school. Well, you really like school. What's What's bothering you about school? That's you know, th- those are ways that you're able to identify um, just changes in their behavior. Some kids will have problems going to sleep or staying asleep. They might wake up in the middle of the night if they have something big that they're anticipating tomorrow that's causing anxiety. Um, so if you're able to notice just any disruptions in their day-to-day routine, if they start, you know, I'm not hungry tonight. Well, you mm-hmm. love spaghetti. What's going on? Right. So you're able to notice any changes in their appetite, their sleep prop, their sleep patterns, the way they talk about themselves. Right. If they're usually very confident and optimistic and all of a sudden they're, you know, um, worried about the future or they're thinking about themselves in a more negative way. Those are ways that you can check in on, you know, how are you feeling about yourself today? Or how are you feeling about class tomorrow? And they might not say, oh, I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling panic in my tummy, mom. But they might say, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. Right. And then you're able to ask those questions about what's worrying you or what are you afraid of? Or what what are you thinking about school tomorrow that makes you not want to go? And then you can start to, again, target those thoughts, right? So what are you thinking about school? How do you feel about yourself? Um, Those feelings that they're able to identify. They might be physical feelings. Um, If they're not able to say, I'm sad or I'm worried or I'm anxious. I love that you say that. Tummy Tummy ache. My tummy hurts. I have a headache. Child, I know adults that 
have that cycle of I'm my stomach hurts. I have an yeah. upset stomach all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and not connecting it to stress or whatever. Right. Absolutely. What? What? How? What do you think about this? Uprisal yeah. or this pan epidemic of anxiety. What do you think that it is wow, I love connected that you, I to? Love that you said this epidemic, right? It's connected to the actual panini. There's a yeah. pandemic happening. Right. We have kids, like you said, she was in the fourth grade going about her merry old life, still going to recess and having nap time. And all of a sudden, no, actually, you're going to do school from this computer here at home. You're going to mm. learn this way. And then you blink and one day, okay, go back to school. What do, you, what do you mean? Right. So these are changes to not only our worldview and how we think about the world, but these are changes to the actual world that are happening around us. Um, and as we as adults are having problems managing that anxiety and that stress, kids are picking up on that anxiety. Picking up on it. Kids are experiencing it as well. And one of the main things we can do as parents, right, is just model for them. Right. Not you putting it on me. You got to. You got to. So just like you're saying, right, this is overwhelming for me. Say that out loud to her. Mm, Share it. Share Share your model of how you manage your anxiety. I'm going to take a couple deep breaths or you know what? There's a lot that you have coming up this week. I'm going to put it on my calendar, too, just so I'm able to manage that, too. Right. You're able to say, you know, mommy's going to take a longer bath tonight because I just need a little time. Right. Or I'm going to allow you to take a longer bath tonight. What do you think about that? You want to light some candles? I love when I practice self-care. It helps me wind down at the end of the night. Run that baby a bath, too. Right. So that's to say it does start with you. Right. If you're worn down and anxious and panicky yourself, then absolutely she's going to pick up on that. But if you're using those coping skills to, you know, take your breaths and drink your water and like I say, mind your business, right? If you're doing those things <laughs> and modeling it for her, then she's able to see, right, okay, I can write these thoughts down or I can share these thoughts with mommy because when she's feeling this way, she shares those thoughts with me. What a heavy responsibility that is in a lot of ways. I was... Yeah. um I follow this woman online and she talks, she, unfortunately her, her baby is, is sick in this moment. And she wrote this caption at the end of it. She was like, oh, the, the, the karmic responsibility of having a womb. Yeah. Like, wow. and I was like, damn girl. But my mom yeah. would always tell me since Jojo was very, very young, you have to slow down. Mm. You rushing. You. Right. You moving very quickly, you rushing your one and a half year old, your two year old, your wow. three year old. Come on, let's go. Put your shoes on. You are instilling in her well, something. Yeah, yeah. Let me and I was like, was right, but mom was right. Right, yeah. Kids can you talk right. about how parents yeah. plant the seeds of anxiety? Yep, anxious parents. Even in the womb. Anxious parenting is so, ooh, yes, let's go back to the womb, baby. Yeah, so how you're able to regulate your emotions while that baby is inside of you, right? That's why we tell parents, make sure that you have a peaceful environment so that you're bringing a baby into that space. But that's also while they're inside of you. You don't want all those hormones, right, messing with the environment that they're growing up in. So certainly from within the womb, but 
right when they come out. Yeah. Are you anxiously breastfeeding and come on, baby, you got to get this right. Or are you able to breathe and relax into it? Are you rushing them to their next activity or are you able to say, okay, this is what we have coming up today and making your day predictable and talking them through transitions in the same way, right? That we don't like to be rushed. We don't like to be, you know, going from activity to activity. It does make you feel scattered and that certainly Mm -hmm. is something anxious parenting breeds anxious babies and certainly Mm -hmm. calm parenting and being able to regulate your emotions that's not to say you won't get stressed out but that's to say when you get stressed out you're able to vocalize that and you're able to return yourself back to baseline in a way that your kid can see so that when they inevitably they will get stressed out right so when that does happen they're able to say okay what does mommy do what does mommy showing me how to do what can I do in this moment to manage my stress. And if you're a, and it's crazy that you'll see little bitty kids who start to take Mm. deep breaths and they look like, you know, little yogi babies, but it's because they have a a mom or they have Tabitha Brown on TV. They have someone modeling that for them. Come on, tab time, but right. Come on, tab. It's so important. It's so important just to to teach our kids through the ways that we interact with them how to, like you said, just slow down and go with the flow. You want, you know, you want a baby who can adapt to the changes that inevitably are going to come. So just letting them know that you can manage those changes. You can manage a big assignment. One step at a time. So let's look at your instructions. Let's look Mm -hmm. at what is a paragraph? There's a topic sentence and then there's supporting sentences and one conclusion. What's your topic going to be? Let's write that Mm -hmm. out. How do we want to support that? Let's get three supporting statements. Let's write each of those out. Conclusion. Oh my God, JoJo, you wrote a paragraph. Mm -hmm. We accomplished this huge goal that at one point seemed astronomical. Ooh, and that's so important. So you see what I just did? Oh my God, Jojo. Black women, take time. Black babies, celebrate your victories. Mm -hmm. That also helps to alleviate anxiety when we're able to take that time. We don't pause, right? If you take a pause after, come on, each thing that you accomplish. All right, we did that one assignment. We're going to- For your motherfucking self too. Yes. This pack right here for me, dance party, right? I submitted this. I did my homework. I wrote a paragraph you deserve, right? So how can you do a little dance party in the living room, right? How can you do something to reward yourself and encourage yourself in a way that says, all right, on to the next- Right, because there's always, literally always going to be something else. And it sounds like that's what JoJo is starting to experience, right? She's, spar- she's starting to realize that, and I'm starting yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, I mean, even again with Antoinette and I, it's not wherever you are, there you go. Wherever you're doing, you are the person that's doing it. Yeah. So I, I, it just blew my mind. I was like, oh, this whole school thing is not, yeah, it's about learning, but it's really the the medium in which she learns how to listen to herself, yeah. care for herself, mm-hmm. handle responsibility. Like it's, it's how she's learning how to relate to herself. Yeah. And so as much as I want to focus on the, the grades- and the assignment? Yeah. It's like, how are how are you managing this? Do you know that you put your all into it? And that's what Why? we always go back to. Yeah. Are you working hard? Are you trying really hard? Yes. Yeah. That's that's it. That's it. If you get 
a quarter of that paragraph done, similarly, I'm going to pat you on the back. I'm going to be happy for you, too, because you out here working. You're doing heavy spiritual work in this moment, <laughs> my young 12-year-old. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. There's so much that we have to manage. And she's learning very early that, like you said, it keeps coming. There's always another assignment. It always has new instructions. When you get the grade back, it's never what you quite expected. So, yeah, that's what you're starting to learn how to manage. And then, right, she's a little black baby. So she's also having to to manage that anxiety as well and to manage those expectations and those additional burdens as well. Talk about this. Philadelphia school system is trash. Yeah. So she's in this She's always been in private schools. This private school that she's in in this moment is the whitest. Mm, oh, come school. on. So that's she, why she's angry. She is. Yeah. She is the yeah. only brown girl. There's other brown boys, but she's sure. the only black girl in the classroom. Yeah. And wow. I want to talk about that because yeah. I've never experienced that. I was always in public schools. I was I was never I never felt that. And, and she and I, you know, we discuss it. She doesn't seem to be consciously feeling anything around it. Yeah. But, yeah, talk, let's talk about anxiety and, and racism in young children. Yeah, and I wonder, right, like, it does depend on the school that she's going to. It does depend on the social climate of the school at that time. Um, they're, you know... There could be stuff happening that she's not aware of that's contributing to that anxiety. And it could just be the very real reality that, hey, little brown girl, you're going to have to perform twice as well to make the same grade in some instances. And that's mm-hmm. a, a real reality as well. If she, you know, has instances when she comes home and says, someone asked me a question about my hair texture or said something about the color of my skin or someone gave me a compliment that didn't really feel like a compliment, right? You're so Mm. pretty for a black girl or well-spoken for a black girl, right? Like Mm. those sorts of interactions that take place um, do make us question our identity, our our place in the classroom. They do make us want to overperform whether or not we're aware of the pressure that we're under Mm. for that reason, right? So we Mm -hmm. may just think, listen, I have to be perfect. I have to do well. I have to overperform and have that anxiety that's coming up. But we're not aware of, oh, that's stereotype threat because you don't want to confirm a stereotype that you're less intelligent or less Mm well-spoken or right Mm -hmm. that you're having to compensate just because of of the fact that you're different. Um, and I think that as those realities start to come into place, as you know, you raise your hand 10 times in class and you're realizing I'm not getting called on as much as my classmates, or when I get a correct answer, my teacher responds with surprise as opposed to just a confirmation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so these are, you know, just daily little instances that can be taking place. Um, that do lead to additional anxiety. And it is those those conversations that you're able to have as a mom that just um, not only prepares her for, but also allows her to, you know, receive education in a, a holistic way. So that's to say, if she's reading an American history book in class, you might have to say, okay, at home, we're also going to read about these hidden figures in Black history, just so you know, right? 
these white people in your in your history books aren't the only ones or you know what we're going to watch black is king tonight just you know to reinforce some positive images of black people um and i think that the more that you're able to do that the more you're able to combat you know any sort of racism that she might not even be aware of but aware just, just of the fact that she's she's different so building up her identity in that way to say even if you're not getting those negative messages, your skin is beautiful. Trust me. She knows mm-hmm. it's different. So tell her it's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Your hair is beautiful. The texture of your hair is magical. It defies gravity. Look at all the different things you can do with it. Get her to celebrate her hair. And it might become an instance where she says, you know what, mommy, I've been feeling this way based on things that are happening at school. Or I'm just so glad that we're able to do this together and celebrate our hair together. Um, and those are things that you can do to kind of reduce any anxiety, but also just to, to foster the relationship between the two of you, right? So those those girl times that you guys have, um, as much as you're able to tie that back into her identity, her self-esteem, not only yeah. about how beautiful she is, but how smart she is, how hardworking mm-hmm. she is, how funny she is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, talk about things that are value based. Oftentimes, those challenge any anxiety that might come just from being, like you said, the only one in any situation. You do, um, you do notice those differences. So as long as you're able to make those differences something that she celebrates and is proud of, that's more likely that she's going to approach and celebrate those outwardly herself as opposed to, you know, retreat yeah. and try to hide those differences. Yeah. Let's, I really need, I need some help with this. So let's talk yeah. about how to manage the anxiety, right? Of of what are the practices? I heard you say taking back, like modeling it, but in the moment when the tears are falling, yeah, when, you know, um I I think what we've been trying to do, we, we had like a little meltdown on Monday and I was like, no, like this is not going to be the way that this goes. Like this is not how we're this I don't want to feel anxious when you come home from school. I don't want her to feel anxious opening up the books. Mm -hmm. So we did a little bit of time management. That was one thing of like, all right, we're going to do the baseline is a half an hour for each of these subjects. We're not going to like, because, you know, on that paragraph, she could have spent two hours on that paragraph. And I was Mm -hmm. like, we are not doing it. Mm -hmm. So... What ended up happening um, is that the next day we did things differently and it, it just, it felt so much better. It felt more manageable. Um, but yeah, what are some offerings that you have to help alleviate in the moment yeah. and then preemptively yeah. so that the moment may not, it may be dodged? So let me first just reinforce exactly what you said you did. That's so important. That's so necessary to slow down in the moment and attack each issue step by step. 
Mm-hmm. That's so important to prepare for it as well. I think mm-hmm. transitions are really important. So if you say mm-hmm. we're going to have 30 minutes and we're going to start our first assignment before that, right? You're going to get home. You already know homework is going to be anxiety provoking. So how can we set the mood in a way that says, all right, Alexa, play 90s R&B. And you're going to have 30 minutes of that where you just come home, you unwind, you talk about your day, you, right? We're not getting any chores. We're not getting any work, but we're just, right? We're setting the stage. We're relaxing. We don't want homework to be anxiety provoking. And then you can start by saying, okay, what are your subjects? What are your assignments today? And then breaking them down exactly like you said. Um, Oftentimes when things are overwhelming, just that first step of breaking them down step by step Mm -hmm. helps to alleviate some of that stress. Um, But like you said, if you're noticing it in the moment, she's working on this paragraph, she's getting frustrated, you notice anything changing about her behavior, she's slamming her pencil down, she's saying things like, oh, I can't do anything right, or this is impossible, you as a mom, stop and check in, right? Mm -hmm. We only have 30 minutes that we need to be working on this, it looks like you're getting a little frustrated, you're getting worked up, what are you experiencing? Check in with her. Take her through a couple deep breaths, have her check in with herself. Where are you feeling it in your body? The more she's able to communicate that, the more you'll be able to help her regulate or just come back to baseline. And then you can say, all right, we're going to start the timer over and we're going to finish with the next 15 minutes of this assignment once you've managed it. But I think that as much as you're able to check in with her emotions, check in with her thoughts, and then just keep eating. Each task manageable, you're able to avoid kind of that overwhelm, um, the unpredictability, as much as you can make it predictable. So every night we know homework is from 5.30 to 7, right? You can make it predictable in that way. She knows what to prepare for. And this is how we do homework. This is where we do homework over yeah. the kitchen table. Yeah. This is your timer. As much as you're able to make it something that she's able to expect, she knows if she has any questions, you'll be there, right? Maybe getting frustrated yourself. And in that case, hey, we're both going to take a couple seconds and mm-hmm. we both need to go read read this assignment. And we both need to, let's look at what your teacher was asking, right? Um, but the more you're able to give her that own her own agency over that, eventually let her set the timer, let her monitor it, let her write down her assignments. And you'll see she'll start to feel more control. And anxiety is often just, a you know, the sense of a lack of control, Mm -hmm. So as long as she has that sense of control within herself, she's able to maintain that kind of baseline. Even when things are unpredictable, there's always going to be, you know, a new assignment that you have to be able to say, okay, what's my teacher asking? What are the expectations? Is there a rubric? What do I know about this topic? Those sorts of questions, if you're able to ask her those, um, She'll start to ask herself those questions and, and have that sense of yeah. control. It's self-esteem, really, right? Mm-hmm. So the more that you're able to talk her through that and then reinforce it, right? Like I said, she gets done her homework. It's not on to the next. Celebrate finishing homework. It's a big accomplishment every single day. And that also helps to alleviate just the anxiety around it. I feel like she's a milder case, but what to say about children that are experiencing more intense um, anxiety, social anxiety, um, what 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 offerings do you have for parents to like, I, you know, I've, I've tried all the things, or 
do you do you recommend let's say that the for parents that have children that are experiencing anxiety that aren't necessarily um, diagnosed. Right. Do you recommend them go get a diagnosis? Like, what do you have to say for parents that are like, what yo, about- this is something different? Yeah, yeah, right. When, so once you say this is something different, that's when we start to think, okay, maybe this is clinical. So maybe this is something mm. that you can use some support with. Yeah. Um, and whether or not it, you need a diagnosis, because, you know, for black babies in particular, we don't really need diagnoses unless they need resources in the community um, mm. or in school. But if they're just getting resources from you as a mental health practitioner, they don't really need a diagnosis. It could just be that you're working on skills around these issues or these problems or feelings of anxiety. Um, and in those cases, the strategies still work. So what I will say is just go to a mental health practitioner, find a mm-hmm. cognitive and behavioral therapist. Cognitive behavioral therapy is gold standard. We know that it works. If you pay attention Mm -hmm. to what you're thinking, if you pay attention to how it makes you feel and what it makes you Mm -hmm. do, you can challenge those thoughts in a way that Mm. alleviates your anxiety. You can. Um, And a sixth grader can do it. An eight-year-old can do it. If someone knows what a tummy ache is, you can get them to identify the feeling that's associated with that or the emotion that's associated with that. They might not have the sophisticated words for it, but they know what sad is. They know what mad is. They know what afraid is and worried, right? And as long as you're able to do that, you're able to get them into mental health treatment and they can get those evidence-based strategies. So those are going to be things. People are going to give you tip sheets that say exactly what you're doing, but they break Take them down into steps. They say okay. set a timer. They say have the same area for yeah. the homework. Right. Okay. There's something called sleep hygiene. Right. So what is sleep hygiene for you and your baby? What does that look like? Right. You. It's. It's. There is a a way to ensure that you are practicing hygienic ways of going to sleep. So that's to say, you might have gotten your first cell phone, but every night you're going to give it to me at eight p.m. Phones off at eight. We're not drinking caffeine after dinner. We are journaling for 30 minutes to get all of those thoughts and worries about the day out of our head. Mm. We're looking at our calendar and preparing for tomorrow, right? So how do you empty your mind, calm your body? We're going to lay in bed and take 10 slow, deep breaths. If you're experiencing anxiety, that helps to calm your body down before you go to bed. So going to a therapist will allow you not to what we think about talk therapy, like tell me all your thoughts and all your worries. It's going to give you concrete steps that you can use for a sixth grader that says you're wor- you have worries at school. How can we alleviate those? You have worries around ho- homework time. How can we alleviate those and make that more manageable? You have worries around bedtime. I hate to say this too. She's gonna have worries about boys one day, or she might have worries about girls one day, or whatever she's Good interested child. in. Right? So, yeah. how do you, as a parent, manage the anxiety mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. that and the anxiety that she might be experiencing? So, like you said, there's that typical anxiety, but if you start to say this is different, uh-huh. and that's a sign that you can just get support around it. And there are right those. And how, how do people know it's different? How do you know, like, uh, no, nah, this is. Are there like telltale symptoms of like, okay, this person may need to be medicated or... So the one thing that we're going to ask is, does it happen in different contexts or is it situational? So that's Mm -hmm. to say, is it only around homework or is it only around school environments? And then is the degree of the worry extreme? So it can be 
um, global, which means she worries about everything. That's extreme. Or it can be she has this one worry, but it's huge and astronomical and she panics and she freaks out and she runs away and she's crying. And right. If you have any extremes in those regard, then those are indications that say, okay, you do need some additional help. Or if it doesn't seem like it's an extreme, but it's something that you say, you know what, I've tried everything I can try. Yeah. Even if it is something that you think is just a simple everyday problem, that's enough to say you can use some support. So if you've tried your friends, your families, you've tried, you know, parenting the anxious child, you've tried therapy for black kids on Instagram, you've visited all the websites, you've gone to DrAishaMetzger.com, you've looked at, right, all the self-help, and you still need help, that's to say, go to a professional. There are free therapies. There are therapies that you can utilize with your insurance. There are self-pay therapies that are on a sliding scale, which means they they um, provide services based on your income and what you can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So certainly, um, if you are having right either extreme problems in one area or just global worries, um, or again, those kind of physical symptoms that we can tell that kiddos might have, um, then certainly those are indications that, okay, um, outside help or professional help or professional support may be warranted. And last but not least, you mentioned boys. Yeah. And she's coming into her preteens. And for those that have preteens, <laughs> yeah. what is your advice for social media usage and the correlation with anxiety so one of my my favorite messages is girl unplug. Yeah. That is to say social media can lead to anxiety. Social media leads to comparison. Social media leads to on one extreme, right, this idealization, this romanticization, these couples goals that are unrealistic. Child. But it also, right, it can lead to bullying, it can lead to um, feeling isolated, it can lead to a lack of real life connections. So what I'll say for parents is, you know, monitor your kids just as much as you monitor yourself. When you notice that your screen time is increasing, you notice that that changes the way you think about yourself. Know that that might be happening to your kid as well. So just set healthy and responsible limits would be my advice. She doesn't have she has a phone, but she doesn't have Wi-Fi. So it's like she can only be on the internet on her phone when she's in the house. Right. Is there an age that you think is the best age to give your child a phone independent of you? No, it's really up to, you know, the maturity of your kid. It depends on the type okay. of phone, right? You don't you don't want your kid's first phone to be iPhone. Sometimes, you know, you give them that phone that can call mommy, it can call big Flip phone, let's go. Come on, right? You got the phone that called three numbers. <laughs> that might be all your little baby needs. Um, but I say that, and then you do know that as soon as you leave the house, one of her friends got an iPhone, right? So right. let's just say there's only so much that you can control. But certainly, I think it's just most important to have conversations with your kids about reality, right? This on social media is not real. Just how you see mama posted this today, you see what really happened in our life today, right? right. Social media is not real. It's a highlight reel. It's idealized. It's unrealistic and just make it, you know, very plain and open for them um, in a way that says you can talk to me, but also I got access to your page and I have your password and I might be in your inbox and you never know when, right? Um, Right. That's to say, (laughs) keep things open and transparent um, 
but be responsible and encourage them to be responsible as well. That's to say, I'm monitoring you. There are limits. You're not on your phone at midnight. It's coming with me, right? Or we're turning it off, right? That's responsible parenting. That's limit setting. These kids want those boundaries, right? Otherwise, they're on Instagram and TikTok at 3 a.m. They're waking up, their eyes burning. They're not ready for school. They want those boundaries that say, go to bed, give me your phone. Just as much as you want those boundaries too. We need, I need those boundaries. We need those limits. Right? <laughs> I need somebody to come and take my phone out come of my on. hand. Yes. So be that for your kids. And as much as you're able to monitor them, I hate that I, you know, I never have the right age. Some people say eight years old. They don't, because. As soon as they leave the house, they're going to have it, right? So, right, eight to me feels drastically young. Crazy. Right? But I'm like, girl, well, you can pay the phone bill. That's when you can get a phone, you get a okay? Job, right? <laughs> you, phone, you can't read and write. <laughs> well, you can do a whole 15 paragraphs, okay, then you can right. get your phone. <laughs> write me a dissertation come on come on then you get your phone it's also cute when she's able to text you right thank you no it's a very important it's actually wildly unsafe that she is ever on the streets by herself without a phone i'm like you need a whole chip in your neck actually i'm scared you know get her one of them old throwback flip phones they still make those get her nokia chart get her next tail that says you page me right i'm serious i want to get it that's that's what i'm thinking about getting a 35 dollar phone just so she knows and you know they look cool nowadays too but just so she knows that she's able to communicate with you if she has an emergency those will let her text you too right um, and just teach her the responsible use of self yeah. because it's coming, right? It's inevitable. It's, it is. And I need to model it more. I can't be all hunched over like... Exactly. Yeah. I can't help you with my homework. I'm over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Model that. Show her how to put the phone down at dinner time. Show her how to mute somebody show her how to block somebody show her how to um i love it yes yes listen facebook is overwhelming instagram is overwhelming i'm getting off this today you can model that for her as well um what are some resources i heard you name some things but for those folks that want to dive a little bit deeper whether pick up a book you know dive deep into parenting while anxious as well as parenting anxious children. What are some resources that you... Yeah, so one that I really like is it's called the Kasdan Method for Parenting. That's really useful if you are on the socials and social media. Um, Black and Empowered is my page. We have resources for parenting that we distribute there and on the Empower Lab. Um, Therapy for Black Kids is a great resource. It's a good friend of mine, Dr. Earl Turner. If you go to my website, DrAishaMetzger.com slash online resources, you will be overwhelmed. We got books. We got videos. They are organized by age group. They're organized by parent or if it's a teen or if it's a kid or a teacher. So we have resources for literally anyone who wants to parent, uh, in this case, most particularly black babies. 
Um, those resources are available. And then another that is near and dear to my heart is called the Care Package for Racial Healing. So that Mm -hmm. talks about racial identity. It talks about um, some of the things that we talked about earlier in terms of strong Black womanhood and the way that we think about ourselves as little Black girls. Um, So that's a resource that you can utilize with your babies to just facilitate and have those conversations around her identity, what she knows about hidden figures, Beyonce, of course, Mm -hmm. right? So we're able to um, use these resources to really have these conversations and really instill the the self-esteem that's needed to combat that anxiety and that overwhelm, um, that lack of messaging and also negative messaging that might come, not only from being in private school, but, you know, just walking down the street and scrolling through social media and watching the news, right? There's always negative messaging about black and brown bodies. So as much as you are able to combat that with positive messaging, um, I think is really helpful in terms of just being able to manage our emotions, to manage our thoughts about ourselves and our ability to handle unpredictable, challenging situations, right? JoJo should know, right? I could write a paragraph. I could write a chapter book if I wanted to. I could be an author. She should know, right? Like the sky is the limit. And as much as you're able to celebrate that paragraph, that's what's going to lead to literally the sky for her. Um, That's what we try to encourage. Thank you for your work. Thank you. It sounds like this is your purpose. This feels very deep to your heart, especially around black children. And again, just building up the the self-esteem. Thank you for being like... And having an archive that people can tap into, first of all, that is no small feat. Yeah, thank um, you. Let the folks know where they can they can find you, aside from the, the website you just shared. Yes, I am on... Listen, don't go to my Insta. I hate my Insta. I'm like, y'all... Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but go to the Empower Lab. So I am Dr. Aisha Metzko on Instagram. You're just going to see my nephew and me on the beach and stuff. But if you want <laughs> more resources... <laughs> Go to the Empower Lab and Black dot and dot empowered. So Black and Empowered is where we just disseminate those resources. And the Empower Lab is more of a community um, where we're able to continue having these conversations and really talk about what it means to be Black, what it means to be a parent, what it means to be a Black teen, and really how we can celebrate those strengths that we have. I there's there's just limitless conversations to get into um, to any of the listeners that have children, teens, little ones. If there's a topic that you guys really want to cover, let us know. We're going to bring Dr. Aisha back. Because now you're, you're like, I know it's a bad reference to use, but like you're like our Dr. Oz or like a Dr. Phil. You know how Oprah was like, we're going to bring, we're just going to keep bringing them back till really you get your own. And training and a certification. <laughs> <laughs> I'm licensed currently. I promise. Not you. I'm legit. <laughs> I that, listen. Let me stop. But yeah. <laughs> For real, but for real. But for real. But a resource for the community is what we need. Um, I'm really grateful you you really, uh, yeah, affirmed and confirmed a lot of things. And um, 
Yeah, we we finna. She finna write a book. You're doing a great job. Let me. You're doing a great job. You are. Truly, you are. You are. You know, I listen to trying series every episode, and I'm like, you know what, JoJo is so funny. First of all, she's hilarious and independent, and I just want you to continue fostering that. This anxiety is just a response to, like you said, she's the only one. So just remind her that you know what, you do stand out, and you are a shining star. And I think as much you're able to reinforce that, the more she's going to be able to celebrate those talents that she does have as she starts to realize that, wait, all these assignments are nothing. I can crush them. She's going to crush them. And crushing them just means you're going to attack it piece by piece. And like you said, just do your best. And I think that that's that's really going to, you know, alleviate any of that anxiety. Again, thank you so much. And... Yeah, shout out to all the parents out there doing the damn thing. We ain't got no choice now. So just show up fully and tap into all your resources. Um, Trust your gut and let's get these babies out into the world. Show up. Help us. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me.